Hello and welcome to another episode of the Climate Bonds Cafe. It's the show where we let you know all the big topics and talking points in sustainable finance. After a successful Connect conference in New York during Climate Week, I'm joined by somebody who was there, Dr. Anil Tripathi, to give me a recap. Dr. Tripathi is an economic anthropologist with a focus on the dynamics of the green bond market. He has a number of published works and manages collaborative research projects at Climate Bonds. I want to know what he made of the conference, and I'm sure we'll find time to talk about Anil too, so stick around. Okay, hello and welcome. Joining me on the Climate Bonds Cafe this week, a big hello to a debut guest, Dr. Anil Tripathi. Nice to meet you, and, and how are you doing? Thanks for, for being here. Really glad to be here, Barney. Yeah, so, um, yeah, excited to, to chat all things climate. We've we've got a lot to cover. I mean, first of all, where are you? Where are you joining us from today? So I'm currently in New York City. Still, I'm gonna drive back up to Boston once we're done here. But uh, yeah, it's it's just at the end of a really packed climate week. So tons of events and running around all parts of the city. Well, look, I'll try not to keep you because uh, that is a bit of a slog of a journey, and, and uh, I'm very grateful to to have you on. And yeah, as you say, first things first, you attended the Connect conference last week. This is kind of slightly different for me. Normally, I'll I'll kind of sit down uh, beforehand and preview these conferences with someone who's kind of booked in to to speak on a panel. So by the time you chat to them, they're kind of just running off fumes. Uh, for you, you could observe with a little more of a, a panoramic perspective, I guess. So just just generally, tell me your opinions of, of the day. How are you feeling after the, the conference? Yeah, it was a great event. Great to see everyone. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy with having Climate Week here in New York is that I get to see all my old Climate Bonds colleagues from London fly over into onto this coast. So it was great to catch up with Sean, um, and uh, Claire and so many others, uh, you know, to put, put this event in context, the first climate bonds event uh, I went to in New York City was the State of the Market launch in 2017 uh, that was hosted by HSBC here. And it's been great to see kind of the events that we put together expand over time and also grow with Climate Week as well. There was actually a New York Times article that came out this week comparing climate week to burning man and kind of a burning man for climate geeks and really kind of given the the level of energy around the events and the the number of folks now attending it it does seem to be kind of getting to that status we also had a lot of rain at the end of the week which is a bit similar to burning man this year but uh it's always great to to catch up with everyone and you know as was mentioned in your interview earlier with bipasha and candace really the theme of the day was transition and I think at the event, we did a great job bringing together both the investors who are really kind of key to get the capital towards the technologies we need to help our economy decarbonize. We also highlighted a range of companies such as Hybar who are using tools, uh, you know, particularly some tools, particularly the US context, such as the Inflation Reduction Act, to make sure we kind of get the ball rolling on, on all that we need to do. So. Yeah, I thought it was great, great to convene everyone together. It was our, um, you know, second time using the white and, and case uh, uh, space. We'd used it for an event last December, which was also really great uh, alongside the Responsible Investor Sustainable Finance Conference that was also happening in New York at the time. Uh, so, yeah, now I, I just feel very recharged having connected with, with everyone again. And um, it's really exciting to see where everything's been going. 
Oh, certainly is. And I mean, you're very welcome to suggest kind of having a, a giant burning effigy. I feel like if I suggest it, it'll go down like a like a lead balloon. But um, I mean, you mentioned it already. This is um, it's not a new area for you in terms of, you know, you've you've been to, to events like this uh, on quite a recurring basis. Is there anything you felt this conference did particularly well? It, it could be something that was a little new or even the continuation of something that you thought has been a really strong kind of theme for these conferences. Yeah, really. I, I think the the turnout itself was really a sign of, of how well how well the event was positioned. And I think uh, kind of going on the, the legacy of Climate Bonds and how we really tried to bring ideas to, to actual market activity and kind of on the ground effects. I think Papasha and uh, your interview earlier with with, with Hirsch really highlighted a, a key element of Climate Bonds, which is incredibly powerful that as an organization, we're always trying to take theoretical concepts and turn them into reality, right? Or turn ideas such as green bonds and make that into actually functioning market that can help us transition and respond to climate change. And so similarly for this event, I think a lot of it was setting the stage for that, showing kind of, uh, you know, the real difficulties that we're, we're still up against, you know, Sean Kidney as usual started us off with the overview in terms of where we are with, with climate change, what the challenges are and uh, but then also the opportunities, right? And particularly the opportunities in defining uh, what is a credible transition and giving companies and investors a range of tools through which to communicate with each other and support each other in terms of, uh, you know, getting capital towards decarbonizing activities. So I think, you know, that was really the, the tone of the event, highlighting what we've been doing at Climate Bonds Initiative to help in these range of activities. And so I think, um, yeah, that was the, the kind of real essence of it. The the theme of the event was ready, set, transition. And this was reflected around panel topics. You know, transition was very much the, the theme of the day. Is there a transition in the mood in North America? Or, or rather, does the recurring success of these events make you feel like the wind is kind of blowing towards green finance? Definitely. I think in particular, given our, our U.S. context, right, the Inflation Reduction Act is doing a great job of getting capital out there through a range of, of different opportunities and, and different investment vehicles and kind of structures. So I think we're already seeing so much uh, kind of potential and positive impact from that. And I think what events such as Climate Week and, and what we put on at Climate Bonds Initiative do is really help connect all those different initiatives to the larger global context. And so I think the, the important thing in terms of uh, getting everyone on board to, to really understand what it means to transition credibly is that we link together all of these different distinct contexts in various industries and different parts of the world um, so that investors know what to look out for, right? When they're seeing the different economic activities and companies that are coming out of support from the Inflation Reduction Act and other other initiatives. Yeah, I mean, and, and I ask because of the the overlapping aims of the green bond market, as well as this school of thought around divestment, uh, so moving capital expenditure away from things that are detrimental to the climate, I guess the fossil fuel industry being the most prominent example I can think of. How important then is the American context in that conversation? Because I guess mass ideological shifts are are easier said than done when there's kind of so much polarization among the populace. 
No, 100%. And uh, I really like that you kind of highlighted those two different contexts because I kind of came into climate finance. It was really working at Climate Bonds Initiative that brought me into the world of climate finance. But at the same time, I was also involved in the fossil fuel divestment movement at uh, Brandeis University when I was there as a graduate student. And so you see these kind of different theories of change, right? And I think both have converged in, in kind of a range of interesting ways. So now you both have negative screening, right, kind of from the fossil fuel divestment movement, but also this real need to then uh, distinguish between the range of economic activities and how they connect to acting on climate. So I think uh, given the proliferation of, of labels in the green bond market, that has in a sense been a function of that. And that brings us back to the importance of understanding what it means to transition kind of credibly. Um, and, and I think, you know, at, at the event too, is a lot of uh, what was valuable and what was highlighted was how at Climate Bonds, we've been trying to kind of bring that theory into practice, right? So particularly now with the kind of certification possibility for corporate entities, uh, you know, linking both our assessments of particular bonds, but understanding that ultimately we need to have a kind of full picture. But when, but when you do that, you also have to be um, very honest with yourselves in terms of what, um, you know, what is legitimate in terms of continuing to do emissions intensive activity uh, in relation to the kind of less emissions heavy projects that we ultimately need to be moving towards. It's really kind of a reality check. And, and there's so much work there involved in terms of bringing in credible scientific assessments uh, into these different industries and then connecting that information to investors. And it's a, it's a really difficult challenge. I think Climate Bonds has really been at the forefront of it for, for so many years now. And, and it's a challenge that I also deal with at the MIT Climate and Sustainability consortium where, you know, from within the School of Engineering, we're working with companies that are dealing with these really tough to decarbonize challenges um, and, and kind of different uh, um, different industries. So it's, yeah, I see it kind of day to day, I see more of the challenges, but then that's one of the values of Climate Week and, and events such as the, the Climate Bonds Connect, because it allows you to kind of recharge and connect with everyone else who's also challenging, you know, dealing with these great challenges. No, totally. And, and yeah, I really want to come on to, to your own work, because I know anthropological research is, is a big part of your work. Were there any panels you kind of particularly earmarked for your own research uh, or, or any insights from the event that kind of piqued your interest? So for me, definitely as a, as a researcher, one thing that I get really kind of into is looking at how conversations change over time right, and how kind of uh, the topics that people focus in on adapt and, and move forward or, or build off of each other. And I think you really see that with the idea of transition. You know, when we go back and look at uh, kind of the growth of the idea of climate finance and, you know, what sustainable investment could be, and then you kind of see these different trajectories of, of uh, basically different communities bringing in various ideas to the market. So, uh, I think in the U.S., right, when people were thinking about dealing with climate or other social or kind of sustainability concerns through financial markets, a lot of the community that was doing that here were impact investors, right? These kind of niche uh, specific individuals, high net worth families or family foundation funds. And that brought in a whole language of evaluation and 
evaluating, you know, what is the impact of uh, financial instruments. At the same time as that was happening in Europe, uh, you know, especially a lot of the contexts I saw working at Climate Bonds in 2015, you saw uh, people really talking about how do we shift financial markets at scale, right? How do you kind of deal with the whole system that is the financial industry? And I think you see the, the kind of results of those conversations now in the different regulations coming out of the EU, the adoption of the EU sustainable finance taxonomy and, and other uh, regulations as well. And at Climate Week, I think you've always, you get to see the kind of the merging of these different ideas. So now in uh, you know, 2023, we talk about what is uh, the impact of green bonds or you know with uh, our impact reports in the market from climate bonds as well so you, i think uh similarly this week i've seen you know with transition risk as the focus and thinking through transition pathways and dealing with you know these really emissions intensive industries and really shifting that at scale i see kind of a, a culmination of a trajectory of different ideas and kind of worldviews coming together to assess where we are on climate action through financial markets uh, in particular. With that in mind, is there anything you think that the sort of transition to green finance school of thought that the green bonds advocates could learn from other ideologies, so such as divestment, which is probably the best example I could think of since it's something we've we've touched on already? Yeah, so I think one important thing to to be mindful of also when you think about these uh, the different ideas and perspectives at play in in green finance and you know amongst folks active in the green bond market or other spaces in this world is that there are always different limitations on kind of the information you're getting and uh, the you know kind of the ways that you look at how change can occur or how we can actually respond to climate change. And one of the biggest issues, I think, are some of the limitations involved in working in, in finance on these, these real problems, these kind of world uh, issues that we're dealing with, is that you're always trying to figure out, uh, or, or there's a real kind of lens towards the investor community, which is a strength as well, because investors have the capital that we need to, to kind of shift our real economy. But at the same time, a lot of what has trouble getting into the room sometimes are the is the input of folks that will be on the ground in the areas that are going to be impacted by these projects or you know how do you kind of bring in more of the communities and the the areas that are going to be transformed by our transformations of infrastructure by what we're going to be funding that's one of the issues that we've seen in the in the United States in our in our context over here with the inflation reduction act is that a lot of projects are trying to get out the door and start building, but they're not doing uh, real kind of community engagement processes. They're not thinking about the areas that they'll be impacting through these transformations. And so, uh, you know, it's it's always hard to kind of get all, uh, all voices in the same space or, or kind of a real dialogue um, across communities. But I think that that's always a challenge um, that that is is very relevant here and, and it goes back a bit to thinking about divestment versus some of the the activity we've had in greening finance more broadly in that divestment as a theory really came from students came from folks who are really outside of of finance and it's been i've been amazed actually at how much of the ideas of that movement have been taken up in kind of finance at large mainstream finance so 
to your point, I think there are always different perspectives or ideas that could be brought in, but you know, sometimes you got to find the time and place or it'll kind of evolve through time. No, absolutely. And I have to say, just uh, before we come on to some aspects of, of your work, I was thinking a little bit recently when I, I sat down with Caroline Harrison uh, about some of the overlapping themes with, with your work as a, as a researcher, that kind of quantitative versus qualitative side of things. When you're at a conference like this, away from collating data somewhere, how much do you get from small group networking just to kind of get a a kind of a micro analysis, if you like, of, of market trends? Oh, a huge amount. I think that that's really the the kind of value of Climate Week in a sense. And it, it's interesting. I think a lot of the new organizations or, or folks who've come into the space sometimes uh, miss the opportunity and miss seeing the value in those smaller conversations that happen around events, uh, you know, such as the Climate Bonds one and, and others throughout the week. And uh, that reminds me, I was having a conversation with someone in insurance um, the other day who was telling me how their communications team used to manage their climate week program. And so they would sign them up for all of these events to you know, give a presentation, but then they'd be immediately be moved to another event halfway on the other side of the city. And so they wouldn't be able to stick around for the discussions afterwards, the, the kind of breakout time when people are still talking in the corridors or uh, in these, uh, you know, the different spaces in these office buildings. And that that is really the, the real value here. That's where you hear people's real perspectives on what they think, uh, you know, transition risk is, what do they think is legitimate in terms of climate action and, uh, and a range of kind of uh, corporate topics. And so that that is definitely one of the key things. And and I think uh, they were telling me that this year they've totally ditched that old model and made sure that they stick around in the same area as they've spoken uh, for a bit of time to actually pick up on those conversations. And I'm really glad you brought up uh, Caroline Harrison's research because I remember, you know, I was there in the office when she started the, the Greenium studies and we ended up writing a really cool paper called entitled What's on the Greenium. Everyone can go check it out on the Social Science Research Network uh, with Candice as well. And what was really fun about that project is, uh, you know, I was seeing how Caroline was looking at the, the different ways you could analyze uh, green bond pricing and differences between vanilla and green bonds. And also, you know, how to analyze that specific periods in, of time in the market. And it was really great to, to speak with her and see, understand what, how she was looking at her research and then seeing all the folks around us at the time who were talking about green bond pricing. And I was getting all these emails as well, being at Climate Bonds, but also being an academic from other researchers wanting to get data or information from us to study green bond pricing. And so, uh, it made me think about, you know, what is this conversation around pricing really doing? And it was fun in our paper, we ended up talking about how this pricing discussion really also helped kind of make green bonds be its own distinct thing, right? It kind of creates a space for it in finance large. And so, uh, but of course, that's not usually something you talk about when you're doing green bond pricing analysis, you're just looking at, at those numbers. So for me, as a qualitative research, I like adding on on that context. And yeah, Climate Bonds, you know, I'm incredibly uh, lucky to have uh, been connected to Sean Kidney back in 2015 and 
see the the growth of of the organization as well as all of our very distinct uh, forms of research and analysis that we do on on green barns and uh, in at a larger level, you know, kind of climate action through financial markets. Uh, and in the the spirit of getting to know you, then tell me a little bit about your route to the research you're involved in, because like whenever I sit down with academics with a similar avenue of work my first thought is was it an initial interest in economics based on ability and then the kind of moral decision around green bonds or did the interest in in climate come first yeah so i've always really been fascinated by finance and society um but also in terms of how we talk about um the ways that we exchange goods how we kind of uh you know, provide for for our basic needs as people and and the ways that we do that collectively. And so those were a lot of my kind of early interests as an anthropologist. Uh, my my master's research was on uh, finance in China and the transformation of urban space. And so uh, those are my initial interests when I was kind of starting my my PhD in, in economic anthropology. And uh, but I was also really getting in, interested in climate change. I, I uh, some friends who were very active in the COPs and in kind of global uh, climate negotiations at the time. And so you know, that was also getting into my mind. Um, but initially, I was thinking about looking at uh, the sushi industry in the Philippines as, as so kind of a... What might uh, have been. You know, yeah, kind of a very, um, you know, different topic, um, but also looking at kind of the material world and economics. But then I was actually at the end of the year anthropology party for uh, the Brandeis department. And I ran into David Wood, who runs the Initiative for Responsible Investment. He's the partner of my main PhD supervisor. And he said, you know, if you really want to look at environment, finance and change in society, you should look at green bonds. And that was in 2014 when the market was, uh, you know, 35 billion, 40 billion, uh, nowhere near where it is now. And he was saying, you know, green bonds are this really boring thing, but it might get quite big later on. And so I ended up getting a coffee with him after that party. And one of the people he was most excited about, one of the organizations he was most excited about was the Climate Bonds Initiative. And he linked me up with Sean. I came over to, to London. I'd already been at Lund School of Economics earlier, so I was familiar with the city. And talking with Sean, it was great, just amazing to see his vision for putting the ideas he had into practice. And I think now, you know, so many years later, you see that in the work of the markets team at Climate Bonds, uh, the policy work that we do and the, uh, all the different angles through which he's been trying to, um, you know, bring kind of a real understanding of climate change into markets, along with everyone else who's come along for the ride. It's been amazing to see the, uh, the growth of the organization. Well, we've not long known each other, and that, something tells me I can I can already tell you're in the right place. Um, away from conferences, MIT offices, everything like that, I know you're a keen gardener. I've I mean I've been largely in apartments the last few years, and I've finally got a garden myself. So we might need a whole other recording just for me to pick your brains on that. But I always try and approach professional tasks and, and personal interests in the same manner if I can, if I can anyway. So, are there any common themes between being a good gardener and being a detailed researcher? Great question. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, garden, gardening is definitely a, a really uh, top passion of mine. And um, I think what gardening teaches you is you can gain a lot from being 
really methods focused and trying out, you know, experimenting, trying different strategies to to grow certain plants or, or create different arrangements that'll, you know, give you more cucumbers one year or, you know, kind of different harvests. I've grown a lot of pears this year and, and hops. So that's kind of been a focus currently. So I think, you know, having plans and structure to your research is useful, but then gardens also teach you that and gardening also teaches you that uh, plants will do their own thing, you know, and, and the weather will do its own thing, you know, particularly relevant for, for thinking about climate change. And so you, you're going to learn new things or you, and you should always make space in any methods, any structure you have to your research for what you'll run into. And definitely that's been my experience at Climabon, seeing uh, how conversations in the space have transformed over the years, how the market has grown. And I think, you know, from this uh, last climate week in particular, you see both the continuity of, of certain ideas and thinking about how investors can support real change amongst companies at large. Um, and so you see, you know, continuity there, but then you also see so many new folks coming to the space, new startups, new companies that wouldn't be here before. And so that's always incredibly exciting. I think, you know, working on, on climate change, you always have a certain level of anxiety given the scale of the problem. But I think what's really been encouraging over these years is just seeing how many folks have, have brought their knowledge and, and know-how and uh, enthusiasm for working together, making sure that markets are incentivizing the right type of economic activity to get us, you know, at least somewhere around 1.5 degrees. So yeah, hopefully we'll be in the ballpark, but that's why we need a good transition. Couldn't have said it better myself. Look, it's been fantastic having you on. I'm going to move mountains to make sure we, we try and get you back. But uh, until then, just before I let you begin the long drive up to Massachusetts, why don't you tell the listeners what you've got coming up in the next few months that's particularly exciting you? Yeah, always great to be here, Barney. So we'll be happy to chat again. Uh, yeah, I think over the next few months, we're definitely sending out lots of emails and follow up from the conversations I've had over the last week here in New York. So yeah, at MIT, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of work trying to, to get into the, the thick of how a lot of the, the multinational large corporations we're dealing with can effectively decarbonize or transition in agriculture, uh, cement, um, you know, kind of a range of, of industries in aviation. and aviation. So that that's going to be really exciting. I'm very lucky at, there to have a range of colleagues across engineering urban planning, sociology, a uh, whole bunch of angles. And so uh, just very excited to, to work more on that with them and, and bring that, that know-how to the, the work that we do with climate bonds in terms of, of uh, really supporting uh, getting finance on board with, with what ha needs to happen there. And I wish you well for it. Dr. Anil Tripathi, what a, a genuinely wonderful pleasure it was chatting to you today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Barney. And that was the cool, charismatic and fantastically articulate Dr. Anil Tripathi on the ground in the Big Apple to give us a first person insight into the roaring success that was the New York Connect conference. It was great to get to know the man himself too, from ethnographic research to growing pears in his garden, Anil lends a modest, inviting voice to green finance, which is what the show is all about. Right, that was the New York debrief, but plenty more to come. We've got our global conference in London in November, so head to www.climatebonds.net slash conference for more information on how to register. 
We'll be sure to tag Anil when promoting this episode, so if you want to learn more about him and indeed us, search at Climate Bonds on social media, and don't forget to check out all previous episodes on Spotify. Pleasure as always, bye for now. Thank you.